You are listening to Talking I.O., a podcast about technology in the real world, where we discuss enterprise technology, how to sell it, and how it best helps your customers. Your hosts are Christian Cloud and Stuart Harmon, and we work for Dell EMC. Follow us on TalkingIO.com or on Twitter at TalkingIO. Hey, Stuart. Good afternoon. Hey, Christian. How are you doing? Pretty good. It's been a long time since we've done this. I've been afraid to look at the last date. Uh, I think it's been a year and a half. Let's say, you know, we don't need to go back. It's season three. Welcome to season three. three. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I think season two, I figured it out. It's in honor of Rick and Morty coming back. It took them two years to get their uh, act together. We got the same thing. It's the Rick and Morty (laughs) episode. (laughs) I'll take it. Except we don't have the creative challenges they do. I'll take it. Uh, Different type of creativity. Yeah. There you go. Um, well, talking IO is still going to obviously talk, or we'll still talk about uh, technical conversations as it relates to the channel um, and emerging technologies. However, we want to change the format a little bit and uh, discuss things, um, everything from current events to an exciting topic that we're going to discuss today. Yeah, we uh, have a guy in from out of town today, and we're having to show some folks. Uh, we live out in Seattle. We are currently sitting at the Dell Technologies, formerly Isilon headquarters, uh, out here in Pioneer Square in Seattle, looking out over a beautiful Puget Sound. And we were talking about, you know, when you have somebody new in from out of town, where do you send them? I've got a list. It's a pretty important list uh, of, well, not important, I guess, but to me it's important, list of places like where do you have to go in Seattle when you have a new guest? Uh, I've lived here, what, 15 years, Christian? Seven. 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 It's been 15? It might be more. I quit counting. 15. Um, so where's your, where's first? Uh, well, actually, a good starting point would just be Pioneer Square. As Stuart said, we are located here in Pioneer Square. Um, the Iceland building is at actually in a cool location. It's right um, at a, I don't know what you call this type of architecture, but it's uh, um, pretty popular in older architectures where the road splits and then the building sits there in the middle. Um, so, uh, Pioneer Square, for those who are not from Seattle, is going to be a, the actual original Seattle, right? So, this is where the Denny family and the, I can't remember everyone else came over and uh, settled. Uh, kind of a fun fact. Um, a little toilet humor here. Uh, do you know who named the toilet? The, the, or who was the, what was the name of the person who named the original toilet? John. Crapper. Yeah. I just learned this actually on the Pioneer Square tour. Did not know really? this. Really? Yeah, somehow that escaped. Isn't that a British yeah, toilet it joke? Is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, but that really was his name. And so they sent a lot of these toilets uh, to Seattle oh. uh, when the Denny family came over. Um, for those who are not aware or are not familiar with the architecture, archi- I apologize, the uh, geography of Seattle, uh, downtown sits on the waterfront which is not on solid ground, pretty much beach and loose rocks. And uh, um, they made some makeshift piping with wood, um, and that was the sewage system. Well, a lot of pressure built up when they sent these toilets over from Europe. People would flush the toilet, and the people sitting on the toilet would blow sky high. That's a true story. Awesome. Yeah, so anyway, downtown was, or I should say Pioneer Square was a little funky, not gonna, I'm going to venture to say that not much has changed. Still not little, at all. Still a little funky down here, but for, for different reasons, right? Yeah. Uh, I 
check it out. It's I actually the Seattle Underground tour is uh you know you only need to do it once in your life, but it is a really cool tour to do. Yeah, um, I've done that. Yeah, and don't be here after dark. <laughs> it's not that bad. I know. There's a lot of great bars around here. Right, it's right next to the stadium. So uh, when you're in Pioneer Square, right, you go see a, a Seahawks game or a Mariners game, and go check out Pioneer Square after. So I'll say, like, uh, just to read your mind a little bit, you're going to ask what one of my favorite places are. Um, in terms of Pioneer Square starting here, I would say Damn the Weather. That's a really good uh, local bar, a few blocks from where we are now. Um, but there's a lot of cool places tucked away. Um, you know, I, I, a friend of mine, I cannot even tell you where I was. I was at a sushi bar down some alley. Some of the best sushi I've had, and I cannot remember where I was. So that's Pioneer Square. Yeah, we need to uh, – Christian and I both travel the nation quite a bit, and uh, we need to make some better lists of these because I've got an ongoing tour guide list for everywhere I've been. Um, for me, the starting place in Seattle is Pike's Place Market. Absolutely. I think it's got some of – the Alibi Room is one of my favorite bars in the world. Uh, you know, it's got great wood-fired pizza, excellent little pub, uh, bar area in there, just a really cool place. If you ever go to a show at the Showbox, which is one of our famous concert venues – you know, everybody kind of goes over to Alibi Room right after. It is right next to one of the world's most disgusting and germ-ridden attractions, uh, the Seattle Gumwalt, which is really cool. But, like, I'm, I'm always afraid I'm going to go to Alibi Room, have too many cocktails, and then trip into the Gumwalt. And that's, like, my nightmare whenever I go to Alibi. So here's a little fun fact. Uh, so um, when I was in college, I had a design professor. It's what my degree's in. And um, one of the things that he would do is take gum from underneath the desk and chew it, trying to explain to us that I actually don't know what he was trying to explain. To <laughs> that he was an insane person? Yeah, that's disgusting. I was, I, now that I'm older, I was about to say that makes no sense. I'm not even going to complete my sentence there. But anyway, yeah, it's kind of gross. That's amazing. You know they have to pull down the gum wall every six months or a year because yeah. it's so heavy, it, like, it rips the mortar out of the historic buildings. But anyways, place to go check out. Alibi Room's great. Uh, down the hall from there. Spend some time in Pike Place if you're ever here. Wander around. Uh, Uli's, to me, is my favorite place to go for lunch. Little German-style sausage joint. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. It is. That's my go-to restaurant. It's not a fancy place. You know, I know a lot of people know some of the other areas yeah. there. Um, yeah. Uli's is just a wonderful little, you know, German-style hot dog. And then uh, if you get a chance, I got to do this last year. I got to get on stage, not by my choice, but uh, the Can-Can there is a little burlesque show, too. Which is a um, oh, really small yeah. venue. It can't be. We're in this massive conference room, but the venue is not bigger than this conference table. Um, and they do a, an excellent job there. And I, uh, we just went and saw uh, my girlfriend and I saw um, this is Halloween, like the Tim Burton movie. Right. They right. did Can Can did a live version at the Triple Door a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was just a really great show. So fun uh, things to do in Pike Place that are outside cool. of the day to day, you know, movie yeah. or. Um, you know, Broadway, off-Broadway type production. Absolutely. So uh, something else I like to do in Pike Market is the uh, improv. So there's an improv uh, um, studio or theater. Um, I've taken a couple storytelling classes there, um, which is pretty cool. Um, so, uh, so something else, if you enjoy... All that that's training and you came up with a gum story? So what? Yeah, you came up with a professor eating gum under the oh, desk I story. That's all, that's all I and I didn't set it up very well either. Proper <laughs> storytelling. I gave you too many facts and not enough emotion and feeling. So we'll work on that. Uh, moving out of Pike's uh, Pike's place, or uh, what else would you recommend, Stuart? 
I got to pre. So the troll, you know, we got the space needle. You can't forget the space needle, but it's a space needle. Um, and it's really expensive to get up to. Although the EMP or the, what is it called now? It's changed... EMP in short, not electronic magnetic pulse weapons. Whatever <laughs> like, it is. What it's, it's, like, but it's, it's right. It, it's the great music. music project. Yeah, it's the Experience, great music venue yeah. here. Um, and so that's cool. And you see the Space Needle. Um, but to me, it's the troll under the Fremont Bridge is just silly, but it's really cool to go see. Cool. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think everybody has to see that. Uh, and then, you know, from there, I like to go up to Ballard, right? I mean, just a series of yeah. restaurants and, and bars. And, and uh, you know, you got... Belltown, Ballard, Capitol Hill, right, are kind of the yeah. big three in my mind. I guess yeah. Fremont. Uh, you know, we've got Seattle, not as bad as Portland, but we've got a lot of craft beers here everywhere you look. And yeah. uh, but you know, for me, I love Shorty's. That's my that's my after hours late night place. Uh, even with the remodel or the new location. Um, and then you know, because I live out on the east side, Snoqualmie Falls is a pretty cool place to go see. It's an easy drive. It's beautiful scenery out there. Um, it, it's and it's you know pretty close to the city, and you get to see all the mountains. So, um, we're, if you could see our view right now, we're in the conference room um, here at Pioneer Square, and we're looking at West Seattle and the Olympic Mountains. So, uh, West Seattle, uh, for those who are not from Seattle, is going to be a neighborhood on the west side of Seattle. Um, it's a peninsula, essentially, and there's a beach over there called Alki Beach. So, a lot of cute bars, restaurants. I said cute. Yes, I did. And, um, and uh, if you're on the... I should say, I guess, what the east side of West Seattle. Um, you're going to have a city view. If you're on the west side of West Seattle, you're going to have a lot more of a nature view in the Olympic Mountains. So, um, uh, also a ferry ride. Uh, you can take a ferry to Vashon Island. Um, for those who uh, are uh, from landlocked states, it's always fun to do. Or, I think the best view of Seattle yeah. is you take you can walk onto the Bainbridge Island Ferry. And I think the best view of Seattle is coming back on mm-hmm. the Bainbridge Ferry, Bainbridge. looking out over Seattle. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, iconic shot actually for those. Um, a lot of photography, photography shots have been taken from there. Um, we'll see. Uh, another neighborhood I like, you know, we talk about Seattle neighborhoods, um, is Georgetown. So it's a little out of the way, but it's just to me a really cool place. Um, one thing about Seattle is with a lot of cities, you know, you can lump. Like San Francisco, Austin, Seattle, a lot of cities have uh, such a tech influence, um, have become, for lack of a better word, very uh, glass and metal and just modern. And um, Georgetown is uh, still a hint of what Seattle used to be. So it's a warehouse district full of uh, galleries and a lot of good eateries and bars. Um, so uh, for those who want something that's off the beaten path a little bit, a, a little bit Georgetown is a great option. Awesome. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have anywhere else to go. I mean, that, that covers a good week of Seattle, you know, if you're here with, especially with work. Um, uh, most areas around here, especially if you're in downtown, there's there's a lot of good local little nature. establishments to hang out. What about a nature? Uh, so... I have always been a huge fan of Tiger Mountain. You drive out I-90. Um, for you, those, you that live in like upstate New York or Boston, right? We still live off I-90 right out here. Uh, same same freeway. Uh, I love going out to Tiger Mountain. It's fast. It's easy to get to. Uh, they've got some great little trails up there, and, and you can pretend you're going to see uh, Bigfoot at any minute. So Poo Poo Point is over there? I think? Yep. Yeah. Great view. Great view of Poo Poo Point. And you can drive up to that yeah. one. If you look, there's a trail, which I took once, and I walked two hours 
and I got to a parking lot. So if you're going to Poo Poo Point, just just drive. But in the attraction of Poo Poo Point, I think in the spring there's a lot of uh, hang gliders. Yeah. So that makes that a pretty cool uh, sight to see. Um, yeah, there. I mean, and honestly, a lot of people knock uh, Seattle for all the changes, and and I get I catch myself in that as well. Um, it's growing. I mean, like I said, I've been here seven years. Stuart's seen a little bit of the old Seattle, or Stuart's seen it transformed completely. And I, I think I saw a touch of the old Seattle, and um, I think it's kind of about just where, what you want and where you want to go. If you want that old neighborhood feel, Ballard still has that. Yep. Um, it's definitely still has that fisherman blue collar feel to it. Um, if you want something sleek and modern, then South Lake Union is probably where you want to be. So. Well, and don't forget, you can always go. 10 minutes across the Lake Washington and go to Belltown. Or, I'm sorry, Bellevue. Bellevue, yeah. And Bellevue, when I moved in, Bellevue had one high rise and a handful of cranes. And now it is one of the largest downtown areas you'll see. It's got 40 high rises. I think there was like two when I got here. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. It's got yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that, that town has boomed. <laughs> and it's uh, it's all nice. It's all fresh and new. Um, not my style, but, you know, it, it is a good place to go. And there's a lot of good pubs around there. Yeah, I'm still a fan of the cobblestone roads and the brick buildings, but oh well, prog- progress, right? Oh, and I got to give the music venues real quick, right? I already mm-hmm. mentioned uh, Showbox, great venue. Uh, the other ones I love, Crocodile Club. Crocodile's they got favorite. the back bar, so you can go have awesome uh, little wood fired pizza there. Also, they have great venue or musicians come through. Um, what are my other ones that I love? So it's Crocodile, it's Showbox. Uh, uh, well, there's two showbox. You have showbox Soto, showbox market. Showbox market is going to be the legendary one. And Ballard, you have the tractor. The central. Central. Uh, the central in Pioneer Square. It's an old oh, brick building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, every famous band used to love to play there because it's all brick yeah, walls. Yeah. And so the, the just the best sound uh, in, yeah. in, in town there. And then, yeah, you got tractor and some tractor, other areas. But yeah. those are the big ones. Numos up in Capitol Hill. Awesome oh, little uh, rock venue. There's a couple of venues. There was one in uh, West Seattle. I used to live over there. and um, It was a venue that Pearl Jam used to perform in. I cannot remember. And it's now something else. But uh, the cool thing about some of these venues that we rattled off is that they were still here or they existed during the grunge era. And they've made and they've kind of kept that uh, energy and, and, and legacy from that era. Like the crocodile is one of the best ones for maintaining that tractor mm-hmm. as well. Um, and, and even both Showbox market still has that feeling. You, know, you could still kind of feel the energy from the days past Showbox Soto feels like a big warehouse. So it's still of, all brick. Yeah. It's actually one of my more favorite venues. Yeah. Um, anyways, a lot of great, great, good music. I mean, if you're up here, check those out, see what their calendars are. Um, you know, I've, I've been lucky and caught a few great shows just in a town for the night with nothing to do and, and pulled up a couple of the local music venues and ended up having, you know, times of my life type thing. All right, Stuart, bonus round. Favorite Pack Northwest beer? Miller Lite. Pack Northwest Miller beer. Miller Lite. <laughs> uh, I know you don't, you're not a big fan of that. Hey, you know, uh, oh, Black Raven Brewery, that's that's mine, right? Their, um, their beers are, are just really excellent. Mine's probably Red Hook, so not too exciting, not too unique. So I used to live about a mile from Red Hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, it's a great venue, a lot mm-hmm. of outdoor stuff, you know, yeah. very family friendly. So they do like live movies during, you know, movies out on the, the, the Knoll thing during yeah. the summer. And um, Red moved. Hook's a great brewery. I like their beer. It's not. Yeah. They uh, moved it. It's to Capitol Hill now. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not oh. Woodenville anymore. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, Different vibe completely, too. 
yeah, yeah. But uh, who else? There, there's a few others out there, you know. I've just started drinking my own beer since I got my own kegs going now. It's getting uh, a little you know, out I'm of making, hand. I'm making cider, actually. Nice. Because my, my, my tummy is not liking beers much lately. So I've switched to cider. Um, plenty of apples here in Washington. <laughs> my new favorite apple is now called the Lucy Rose. Have you heard? Have you seen that apple? Oh, it's, is that the hybrid that just came out? And it's, it's like red inside? It's like uh, Washington growers get it for the first Ten years or something. It looks like a. It's, it's it an is apple. GM, It's all GMO. Don't worry. Yeah, it's it's an <laughs> apple, but it looks it's speckled almost like a strawberry on the mm. exterior, and then you slice into the interior of the apple, and it's like a rose color. Oh, cool! Um, delicious apples. It's a part of the Honeycrisp family, but definitely a hybrid of, I think, a Honeycrisp and a strawberry. <laughs> someone someone, <laughs> someone crossed those two. Um. Favorite packed Northwest food? Um, packed Northwest food. What was I? You know, that's a tough one. I love some of our wood fire pizza places. I've already mentioned it a few times during this conversation. I like the right? crocodile pizza. Yeah, the crocodile pizza and Alibi Room both like I'll put <laughs> yeah. them in a, a head to head against yeah. anybody from like New York or Chicago. Yeah. Like their yeah. pizza is just it's, exceptional. It's legit. It's legit. Um, which is not something you ever put Seattle and pizza together, but some of my favorite pizza joints on the planet are up here. Yeah, the Seattle Dog. It's just a hot dog with grilled onions and sour cream, and they serve them outside every ball game, music venue. Uh, it's just a, it's the Seattle Dog. I love the Seattle dog. It's disgusting and you will regret ever eating one, but it's so good. You'll question your life after you've consumed it, but it tastes so good going down. Yeah, yeah, it is. They're, it, they're excellent. So those are my those are probably my two favorite. So there's a new restaurant, or it's not that new now, but it's uh, called Biscuit Bitch. So it's, they're starting to become a lot more popular here. So from what I understand, the owner was originally from North Carolina, um, if I got that incorrect. But anyway, Southern Biscuit Making brought to Seattle – um, one of the biscuits that I tried recently was the uh, biscuit bitch version of the Seattle dog. So essentially, what? it's a biscuit with the sour cream, grilled onions. It's not sour cream; it's cream cheese. Cream Sorry. cheese. Sorry, yeah, cream cheese, cream cheese. Grilled Everybody's onions. gonna be like, "This is the most disgusting hot dog ever." <laughs> <laughs> cream cheese. Or someone from Seattle's listening to this. Yeah. What are they talking about? So uh, it's going to be biscuit, uh, cream cheese, grilled onions. Louisiana hot link instead of the hot dog. Mm. Um, I ordered that and I thought that I was doing a curl. I mean, it was so heavy. Do they put the little? That's the other thing we have on the Seattle dogs. Those little hot pepper chini or the little hot chili peppers that they put I on th- some of those I dogs so. too. I think, oh. uh, think they're jalapenos. Yeah, those yeah. are so good. Yeah. Um. Cool. So uh, one one last thing, I'll actually tell you this. Uh, recently, I got to go to Edmonds, Washington, and listen to. Rick Steve, who's a famous travel, he does public access or PBS travel. Oh, that's cool. He's from Edmonds. Yeah. And um, he did a free event at Edmonds with, um, he, apparently he went to Guatemala and Ethiopia and wanted to do a, or he actually recorded an hour-long show um, about uh, just the, the conditions in both of those places. There were some similarities in, in, in uh I don't. I hate to use word like third world, but um, uh, developing countries, like you know. And he I said, think they might qualify as third world. Well, still. he like, said yeah. something interesting. This is why. This is why I'm pausing. So it's not just to be polit- politically correct. He said something that kind of caught me funny. He said, "You know what's interesting is 
150 years ago, the U.S. The United States would have been very similar to these places. Oh, yeah. And I, I guess I just never, I mean, never thought about it like that. <laughs> like, but it's just, so it's kind of impressive at which the, the rate at which we did develop. Yeah. Because we're only 250-ish years yeah. old. So, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Some well, of the Wild West expansion's only 130 years old, right? Yeah. Something like that. No, it's amazing to see them. And when you go to some of those countries where you can go to, like, kind of what we were talking about in Seattle getting all modernized, right? You can go to some of the downtown areas and see where it can become the future. Um, and then you go, but there is around the block and there's no running water, right? Versus here, yeah. you got to go a few hundred miles. Or you yeah. go out to the Appalachian Hills or something, right? Where you can yeah. still kind of get there. But, yeah, the, the difference is uh, more visible. Yeah. But you can still see the change come in and... yeah. Oh yeah, so uh, cool thing. Stuart travels a lot, and I'm trying to catch up with him here. It's uh, so he's seen a lot of. Uh, yeah, I actually admire how you travel too, because you're not a resort traveler. I just made the mistake of staying at a staying at a resort in Hawaii, and we didn't ever stay there. It was kind of like the one we did in Mexico, Mexico where yeah. we never like that was the room, but we never <laughs> yeah. stayed there. Um, but I hate resorts, man. It's me too. There's I don't think there's any point in traveling if you're not seeing the culture or the people, and that includes U.S. states, right? I think uh, Neil Gaiman, one of my favorite authors, said it best. Right, the United States isn't one country; it's fifty countries united by a common currency. Yeah. I mean, you go from here to Seattle to Tacoma, which is you know forty miles down the road, and we have two different cultures, right? And uh, if you just stay at your resort, or if you just yeah. stay at your yeah. your Hilton or your Marriott hotel, and yeah. you go to the Hyatt. hotel restaurant, Hyatt for me. I love Hyatt. I'll give a shout out to Hyatt. <laughs> I love them. I'll stay with them anywhere. Um, but if that's all you do, and you never leave the the hotel, you never leave the resort, you would stay home. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Stay off tour buses. It, you know something that's funny, too? <laughs> it's You look at certain cities, and there's the culture behind that city. So, for example, there's still, uh, albeit weak now, that blue-collar fisherman mm-hmm. Like you said, Ballard still, still getting a good feel yeah. of it. It's still here. I, I think I told you this. Like, I got on a ferry like the, around the first year I moved here to go into Bremerton, specifically. And there was a, a logger on the ferry, and he had the whole trim beard. And we're not talking about like the the uh, the modern. Uh, it looks like I work hard, but I work at a desk type. Yeah, logger. this was a true logger, right? And he had on the the um, the what do you call the the the, the weights the weight the weight the what do you call them, weights? Oh yeah, the waiters. Waiters, um, red and black striped lumberjack shirt. And he had his foot on the bow of the boat, the ferry. <laughs> the wind was blowing in his hair. And if I had a camera, it was like so picture perfect. It was like welcome to Seattle. That's <laughs> really, awesome. Never get that pic, that scene. Yeah. The lumberjack on the on the boat. <laughs> yeah, but um, but you know it's just kind of funny because I have a friend that lived or yeah he lived he moved uh, in the northeast, like so specifically like New Hampshire ish, mm-hmm. and I mean just the energy of like that place versus let's say New York City. You can't lump lump. Um, the East Coast together. Right. Because people from New Hampshire are nothing like people who live in New York City. Well, and go from, I mean, Boston to New York, right? I mean, yeah. two major towns and totally yeah. different fields. Go different. to Texas and yeah. try Dallas versus Houston, right? I mean, yeah. Dallas yeah. versus Fort Worth, that's two different countries, and they're 30, 30 <laughs> like miles 30 from each other, apart, right? right? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, Oklahoma yeah. City versus Tulsa. There we go for the people who love Oklahoma. <laughs> um, so... Uh, I guess 
this has been good catching up. It's been a long time, but I think we cannot end this without a little bit of tech talk. All right. Um, anything pressing in the news? What did I see today? Somebody sent me a note where apparently it was in Wall Street Journal. Xerox is talking about buying HPI. Really? They had a conversation in their board meeting, and uh, apparently they have a, a firm. Because HPI, I think, is like four times their size. But they have like a firm letter of commit from a bank, unknown bank source, right, unmentioned. Yeah. Um, and it's two, basically, the, the, the article was two failing printer companies trying to come together to make something relevant and modern. Huh. It's funny, like printing is the furthest thing removed from what our conversations are on a day-to-day basis. And it's still a viable market. I mean... People are still printing. Like, yep. I actually just bought a printer from a competitive. <laughs> the company that Stuart and I work for, they're not known for making printers any longer. So Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just I hadn't been in the market for a printer in a long time. And what's funny is that technology really hasn't changed. I think what's changed is some are wireless now. Well, and like I can take a web page off my cell phone and print it on my printer. But is that a big shift? It's still the same printer. <laughs> well, it's like everything. It's like, so yeah. your car's still your car, but now it's yeah. got Bluetooth on it. It's my printer, but it's got Bluetooth, right? Yeah. Cars haven't really. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. It just seems like it's not exciting. No, but it was interesting, the idea that, I mean, you started thinking about two companies that clearly own a lot of patents in the industry, right? Between Absolutely. Xerox have had, because a lot of the patents to connect to build applications. Yeah. I mean, printer technology actually led a lot of that in the nation. So you got two patent-heavy companies if they could pull their their corporate political problems together right. um, and form, right? And I, I, I think I've said it on this show before. I think HP's big mistake and Dell's big win was our command of supply chain. HP diluted their command of supply chain. Michael Dell solidified his command of the Intel supply chain, right? The, the glass manufacturers, the memory manufacturers. Dell has one of the best supply chain controls because of our scale. Yeah. I think Xerox and HP coming together might give start to give them a better leverage over the ability to influence markets and, and drive supply chain relevance, which I don't think they, they have as much of today. So uh, we have to do the obligatory hashtag, I work for Dell, if we hadn't already said that, but I, I would agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I just I'm trying to think of uh, um, outside of consumer tech. I mean, iPhone 11 came out. Um, that's kind of old news by the time this uh, podcast is released. Um, from a consumer. Well, that's the next one I want to know. You mentioned like printers haven't really changed. 2004 was when the phone came out with touchscreen. 2007 when did the first iPhone come out. Yeah. I mean, they've gotten faster and better at it, but. There hasn't been a major a revolutionary phone, and I know 5G is coming, but it's still the same phone. So I'm really curious what 5G is going to drive on uh, what is now 12-year-old dinosaur, like, same general design. Um, someone, this is coming from a slight place of ignorance because I don't know the answer, right? But I think it's not the phone that's going to shift. It's the accessories. Because 5G, the one advantage is 5G is is that it's going to support IoT a lot better, right? right? Like, So I think that's the thing. It's like, so your phone is probably not, in terms of how you use it in the day and interact with it, but yeah. it's your phone. But now I think it's your watch and, and wearables and, and your smart backpack. I mean, there's, everything's smart now. So I think that's well, what the shift is going to be. Well, but they won't, with 5G in theory, they don't have to connect to your phone. 
right? Everything now, your phone's the hub with 5G. It should be able to connect directly to the network, I think. Uh, okay. Then it gives you even more flexibility because then the phone, right? My blue, I don't need a phone. I can just have my Bluetooth as my comm device, my headset, right? And um, Anyway, so I think that can make some, some major changes, right? Yeah. But still, the phone, I don't know. I'm just curious. I think, I th- you know, my personal opinion, I think it's going to go more into... Um, uh, brain implants what, yeah wearables and, and, and implants I think is what the next wave is because I mean it's someone's kind of set the stage a little bit right like watches like with the iWatch I can now leave my phone at home so what the next step is I don't have to wear my watch so yeah. I think that's probably what we'll see in the next five ten years like there's there's outliers there's weird like I've been on like reddit sites and stuff where there's people doing stuff to themselves that I would <laughs> not yeah do. at home like, surgeries <laughs> yeah no, thank you. The easy ones, that RFID, people are like yes, putting their company yeah, RFID yeah, chip just in yeah, their hand or something. Yeah, no, 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 thank you. Yeah, I don't need to get into work that bad. Yeah, no. I, I, <laughs> absolutely. All right, man. Um, anything else? I think for episode Well, let's remember, one, do you still remember how to contact you? Yes. My Twitter handle is ccloud.io. And I am steward at talking.io. Yep, at ccloud.io and at steward.io. Yeah. I know you can hit me at steward at talkingio.com too. I forgot my email address, but yeah. we'll fix it. I that. think it's Christian at talkingio.com. <laughs> Twitter's the best way to get a hold of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hit us up on, oh, it's steward at work. At steward at work. That's my Twitter. It's been a while. Yeah, it is. All right, we'll get back while. into the habit. Thank you all for listening. Christian, good to see you. Over now. This has been another episode of Talking IO with host Christian Cloud and Stuart Harmon. We appreciate you listening. Follow us on TalkingIO.com or on Twitter at TalkingIO.